Get ready for Crack the Customer Code, your audio guidebook for creating incredible customer journeys. So, JD, one of the interesting things about our last guest episode of Steve Shapiro was this idea of the lenses, right? We were talking about this, the lenses we bring to problem solving. Well, our guest today is really bringing sort of the idea of lenses in a different way. It's the lens through which we view each other and mm. all of the different implicit and you know unconscious biases that we have. And it's such an important topic today, and it's an important topic in customer experience and customer service. That's very true. And I think what this conversation does is it helps us realize how important it is to see people as individual kind of whole people, not kind of, they're not kind of whole people, they're whole people. Uh, <laughs> and instead of really talking about big groups or things like that, how can we see each other as individuals who have similar challenges, who have different challenges, and what can that bring, what can that inclusion really bring as a benefit to our organizations, both from the employee experience and the customer experience? Right. And it's a call to arms both on an individual level and at an organizational level as well. So I think there's a lot of great tie-ins in this interview to customer experience and customer service. And let's hear from Bernadette. Excellent. Well, in 2004, Bernadette started 14 Stories, an award-winning wedding planning firm with an LGBTQ specialty. Her vision was to disrupt the heteronormative wedding industry with a vision of inclusion for all couples. Bernadette has since expanded her training offerings and now consults with finance, airlines, insurance, healthcare, and many other industries. Bernadette and her colleagues have consulted with and trained thousands of people from more than 24 countries on LGBTQ issues. Bernadette's expertise has been sought after by the Today Show, National Public Radio, and the New York Times, and she has been named one of Crane Chicago Business's notable LGBTQ executives. Welcome to Crack the Customer Code, Bernadette. We're thrilled to have you here with us today. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And obviously, we are Crack the Customer Code. We talk a lot about customer experience and customer service. So I'd like to ask you, what are some diversity sensitivities that frontline customer service teams should be more aware of? Well, there's a lot of things that can go wrong between the frontline associate <laughs> and the and the guest or the customer. So, you know, I think color anyone, us shocked, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, certainly the the Starbucks incident. You know, everyone knows mm-hmm. what the Starbucks incident is these days. But there's a lot of unconscious bias that happens at the front line, and it's because folks are just moving so quickly and. We don't always take the time to see each customer as an individual. Mm-hmm. So that's certainly one thing. And I think that that's, that's the root cause of what happened at Starbucks. Yeah. And, you know, Bernadette, if you wouldn't mind for our audience, uh, just sort of given like the uh, skeleton of what happened, just because everybody might not be familiar with it, even though you know, we all are. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. There were uh, two black men who were waiting at Starbucks for a meeting with a friend of theirs. And while they were waiting, they wanted to use, one of them wanted to use the restroom and and was denied. And they hadn't ordered anything yet. And essentially the manager called the cops on them. And as soon as the cops arrived, the, their friend arrived at the same time. And uh, the Starbucks, what they did was they apologized, they handled it beautifully. They apologized. They closed their stores for a half day unconscious bias training. Uh, They lost 
probably at least $10 million in all of that. Wow. But I think that they handled it very, very well. Well, they, t- mm-hmm. they took it seriously, obviously, right? That's a big, that's just part of it. And do, do you find that companies more and more are taking this, these, the, the understanding these issues more seriously now? I do. I think that there's still a lot, a lack of proactivity in these <laughs> trainings. But I so do. So, how think- can people be more proactive then? What are some of the ways to, uh, to get folks to think about being proactive? Well, I think one of the things is that it has to be a decision that's part of the organizational's value, organization's values. So it certainly mm-hmm. needs to be something that the leaders buy into, and it needs to be a culture shift, a culture shift that's really about diversity and inclusion more broadly, and also about understanding unconscious bias. And when I'm doing a training, I actually talk about, I, I re-brand, rebrand unconscious bias as a conversation about assumptions and the assumptions that we all make about others because we're moving so quickly through the world. So I think that, it, that there needs to be that level of buy-in at the top, which then trickles through all of the levels of the organization, ideally. But essentially, when I'm having a conversation or I'm doing a training, a training of trainers for managers of frontline associates... What I like to use as an emotional trigger for change are stories of embarrassment. Have you ever embarrassed yourself in front of a client or in front of a customer? That can be a really powerful emotional trigger. Have you ever put your foot in your mouth? Mm -hmm. People can really reflect back on that experience and realize, wow, I'll never make that mistake again, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. That's very true. That's very true. Well, that's a perfect Uh, segue because if – you know, we're talking about unconscious bias and mm-hmm. obviously sometimes there's conscious bias and things like that. But when somebody oversteps or does the wrong thing and immediately realizes it, right, they realize they've offended someone or they said the wrong thing. How can they recover in the moment? I mean, we're talking about Starbucks, like recovering as an organization days and weeks and months later. But if the employer, if that manager at the time had been like, oh, wait, what did I just do? How could they um How can they recover in the moment? What can they do then? That's a great question. The most important piece is to not over-apologize. So apologize Mm. very sincerely, very genuinely, and then move on. You can make it right, but don't turn it into a situation where you're over-apologizing and you're dragging it out. And then the customer then is like, supporting you and then the the customer is doing the emotional labor right you know what we teach that in customer service too just in general mm-hmm. you're not about the, on this particular topic but that's just a general customer service principle and you're saying it'll work here so i love it absolutely apologize quickly and sincerely move mm-hmm. on but the more you discuss it the more awkward it's going to get and the more you can just quickly and sincerely speak about it and let it go you know, the better it is for everyone. You know, uh, something you said about leadership really stuck with me a couple of different ways that I want to dig into a little bit more because one is I, I've never seen that more in action than actually where I live, which you know where I live because we're <laughs> kind of neighbors in the Chicagoland area here. And the town that I live in is very clear that one of our values is diversity. Mm-hmm. And that shows up in so many different ways. Not always perfectly. I will, I will add the little asterisk, but, uh, 
but it is definitely a value that you see and feel. Um, and I think it really opened me up to how powerful it was to have something like that as as a an explicit value, not something that people say, you know, we should really do this around the coffee, you know, around the water cooler and say we should really be better about diversity here. And then they go back to their cubicles and they don't think about it. It's like this is real. Um, so I think that's a really powerful thing when it can change the culture from the top. But one of the challenges I see with that and you know, this is just where we are in our society. A lot of the leaders are still very standard mm -hmm. hetero white men. Mm -hmm. And they aren't faced with the same challenges that maybe other, you know, groups or individuals are. And so how do you reconcile those two ideas? And what can we do when maybe you aren't one of the leaders that will be a really able to affect this change? What can we do on our own to both help those leaders kind of understand and also what can we do when we're not in that leadership position? Great questions. So the first thing I want to say is that diversity is basically numbers, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's just a mix of people. And essentially, diversity is meaningless if those diverse voices and those diverse contributors are not valued. If they are voiceless, mm -hmm. if they're not given opportunities, if they're not seen as equal members of the team or equal customers, then they're they're not included and they're going to take their business elsewhere or they're going to leave the job. Mm -hmm. One thing that I'm doing when I'm working with leaders, as you described, is I'm getting to the heart of what makes what makes them quote unquote diverse? Mm -hmm. And there's a study that Deloitte did a few years ago called Uncovering Talent. And what they found was over 60% of workers hide something about themselves at work. So wow. maybe it's who they voted for, or maybe mm -hmm. it's an addiction or a mental illness in the family, or maybe it's a physical issue, a health issue of some other kind, or maybe it's their religion, things that are important to them, but could be a distraction at work and they don't show up. Mm. So we all have something, right? So for me, it was a really hard divorce that I went through, right? And that divorce kept me from being my best self. It kept me mm -hmm. from being fully present and engaged with my clients. It caused me to be more distracted. And so what we do is we use storytelling to get to the heart of what is it that everyone brings that makes us different, that makes us diverse. And how can we use that to be more empathetic to the concerns of our team and our guests? I really like that. And it dovetails really well with another conversation we're starting to have more and more in the customer experience and customer service world and just the employee experience world around how many people are caretakers um, mm -hmm. and unpaid caretakers, I should say, and <laughs> usually for family of one way or another. And, uh, you know, how that shows up and how there's a lot of fear of revealing how much that requires of us emotionally and mentally and financially and all those things. And so I bet that's like, it just kind of fits in perfectly with this discussion of when we're talking about inclusion and we're talking about helping people kind of show up as their best selves, 
are we really allowing them to do that? And I think that's a really important question. Um, now, here's one. What do you think? Do you think the world learned from the Starbucks incident? Do you think a lot of leaders did sit up and take notice and think, wow, this could happen to us. I'm going to be proactive about changing this. Or do you think everybody said, oh, poor Starbucks, <laughs> and they moved on with their day? <laughs> yeah, the world has a pretty short attention span, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I still think that training of frontline and customer-facing associates tends to be reactive, unfortunately. Mm. So I, I don't think that a lot of companies invest in their frontline workers in that way because of a perception that they are uh, essentially dispensable, disposable, that there's a, a lot of turnover. And I've noticed that the companies that do seem to invest the most in those workers, like Sweetgreen, mm. are really making a difference and empowering those folks. And, and Shake Shack is another great example. By compensating them fairly, by investing in them and seeing them as a full person, I think that it opens up the doors for these conversations. And there, I think that those types of companies like Sweetgreen and Shake Shack will be the first to start training their employees on unconscious bias, uh, their frontline employees on unconscious bias proactively, but it certainly seems to be reactive in, in many cases. And so what is it about those two companies that stood out to you? Well, the types of benefits that they're providing frontline workers is really remarkable. For example, Shake Shack has just shifted managers in a third of their stores to a four-day work week. Hmm. And they provide great employee benefits like paid parental leave for hourly workers. Uh, Sweetgreen does the same thing. Paid parental leave for hourly workers, great sick policies, and very equitable pay. That type of investment is extremely powerful. Um, we see some pretty good benefits with Walmart and Target now too. Mm -hmm. For those frontline workers, for example, Walmart now allows all of their employees to attend college for $1 a day, online college. So I That's think pretty that cool. it is pretty cool, right? And so I think when we're starting to see more investments and more value in the front line in other ways, I think that the unconscious bias training will follow because they're going to start to see higher levels of retention. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. So um, it's such an important topic. It really is. And, you know, one of the things you talked about was how reactive so many organizations are around this topic. So just to wrap up here, th thank you so much. This has been really eye opening. What is like one thing you would suggest for a leader of an organization? We have a lot of leaders that listen to the podcast. How do they start? How do they just what's you know, what's the first baby step to being proactive in this area? <laughs> <laughs> well, the first baby step is to understand the all of the things that can go wrong at the front line. Understand that anything can be recorded, anything can go viral, and just be aware of that and start investing more in those employees. And they will in turn be create happier customer experiences. Delta Airlines just gave their employees a huge bonus to the equivalent of 2 months salary. And that leads to happier employees 
which then leads to happier customers. So really seeing the value of the front line is, is my first piece of advice. Excellent. Good stuff all around. And I, I think it's really important we keep talking about this and keep being proactive about this because otherwise we'll all sit around and watch another company go through another incident, right? And right. Just say, poor yes. them. And then go on with our lives, which isn't the way it should be. So, so appreciate you coming on the show. If our listeners want to know more about you and the work you do, how can they find you? My website is theequalityinstitute.com. And uh, I am also on LinkedIn. I would love to connect with folks on LinkedIn. Excellent. Well, we'll put that in the show notes as well. So thank you so much, Bernadette. Thank you. It's been great talking to you. Thanks, Bernadette. Appreciate it. Well, this is such an important conversation to have and keep having. And whenever we kind of dive into this idea of inclusion, that's what always comes up for me is like, we need to keep talking about this because every time somebody thinks like, okay, we got it, <laughs> check. Um, it's it's a reminder that we're never going to totally get this. We need to keep discovering how can we be more sensitive? How can we you know, provide more empathy in the moment? How can we make sure that we are seeing one another in this really whole person, individual way. I think it's a really great thing for any leader here to think about and be proactive about. That was the word that came up a few times, which I really appreciate too. And I think that's the most important part. I won't say the most important part, but nothing else happens without it. Because when you're Mm -hmm. doing it in a reactive mode, you know, you're going to be reacting to the stress of the moment. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's a different thing than proactively saying this is an organizational and a cultural priority for us. We're not doing that because that sends a message when it's only reactive. Right. That, you know, okay, well, we we got in trouble. We have to do this. When it's proactive, it sends a different message. It sends a message that this is who we are. This is a value that's important to us. And I think that, you know, is one of the top line takeaways that anyone, any leader should take away from this episode. Here we go. Let's get better every day. That's what we ask for. And we so appreciate you being here. And we hope we're getting better now that we're on episode 417. We're going to keep working at that too. Right, Adam? See, si, senora. <laughs> and by the way, so, I'm learning, but that's funny that I did that in the, this episode. I'm learning Spanish right now. So That's right. That's right. I've, I've been practicing on Jeannie and she loves it. Let me tell you. Yeah. Since I have not been learning Spanish. <laughs> so we have interesting conversations. Thank you so much for being here, for listening to Crack the Customer Code and for everything you do. We really appreciate it. Crack the Customer Code is a proud member of C-Suite Radio. So be sure to check out all the great business content at csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. You can learn more about me and our journey mapping programs, customer experience training, speaking, and our 21-day customer experience challenge at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam DePork. You can learn more about our customer service training, keynote speaking, and customer experience advisory at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.